Hello there, my name is Bryce Remsberg, and whenever I'm on the internet, you better believe your bottom dollar I'm listening to the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Booyah. I think this is the something we've been wanting to get back to in a long, long, long time. But we are finally live. This is our first episode live in 2020. This is the Big Gold Belt Podcast. I'm your host, Two Chains. And as you can see, the whole crew, we're here for, our, again, our very special episode 262 uh, live. First episode live of 2020. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we're glad to be joining you guys on our usually Thursday, which, you know, we've been pre-recording on Thursday, dropping on Fridays. But tonight we're live and we got a lot to talk about. But before we get into it, just want to make sure we send our wishes out to everybody during uh, this COVID-19 uh um, really, really crazy things going on all over the world. Hopefully everyone is safe in their quarantine and um, staying sanitary and, um, and you know, making the best of this time productive and, um, you know, doing the best they can throughout it. Because this is definitely a really, really crazy time. Uh, so we're, as four to five of us, sending our best of wishes to all of you all. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about this week um, in the world of uh, professional wrestling. Uh, but before we do that, too, just want to make sure um, I go over some of our notes really fast. Uh, first off, uh, make sure you step over to the YouTube channel. Our new uh, sports show has dropped. We're on episode two, uh, hosted by Damien, um, as he, you can see him right there. But um, Definitely want to check that out as he's giving a really intellectual thoughts about all the things that are going on in sports as well as free agency, the effects of the, the coronavirus and so forth. So definitely check those uh, out. But uh, let's get started to the show. But I got to introduce the team before we do. So as I say, I'm the host two chains. I'm over to my, I don't know what side this is, but over there somewhere. <laughs> Hill where Mahoney is over there. Up, How's it going? How's it going? We're in a quarantine 2020 this week, talking more fun with empty arena shows and all that nonsense. Right on. Jamal the Dry Crab, brother. How you doing? It, this week has been a lot. I'm actually not supposed to be here right now. I'm supposed to be on a flight <laughs> to Malaysia. Not. So um, it, it's, been a, it's been a weird week, but, you know, let's keep moving. Yeah, right on. Silly sellers, brother. How you going? Good, man. It's feel like I'm in the 2-3 zone right here, but doing good. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, Damien Salty G. <laughs> what up, everybody? And I'm looking at the screen. It looks more like a 3-2 zone, so I don't know. Oh, many, that's true. That's true. I don't know how many points we're going to give up in the paint, but uh, we're going to go hard regardless. <laughs> oh, I'm happy I'm the 3. Actually, I probably will play the 3 in this in this line. Actually, no, I would play the 2. Oh, we had a backcourt. That's before. right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Damien, before we uh, jump into our topics for the night, just a quick little recap about your show that you dropped. 
Sure. All right. So episode two of Demon G Talk Sports on Big Gold Belt Network. Basically, it's, as Two Chain said, an intellectual view of sports and just an overall big picture view more so than who won what or who's going to win the championship. More of how does sports play out in real life and what aspects of real life we can draw from sports, be it from fans who have nothing else to do now that there's no sports on, to free agency and people getting released and traded and what that does to the psyche of a person that is on the team and how the fans can kind of connect to that. So be on the lookout for episode three in a, a day or two. But episode two dropped today. Right on, right on. So yeah, let's definitely get into our topics for tonight. So obviously the news and the big news that came about of this week is that is of WrestleMania uh, 36, which as we talked about last week, we kind of didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, I think our last week episode was amazing. I would definitely emphasize and trust enough for you guys to please check that episode out. Uh, but we we, we, we kind of put our thoughts about how they should handle WrestleMania 36 as well as, you know, the news that was available at the time. Now a week later, as we knew, more information was going to come out and it's been now confirmed that WrestleMania 36 will now take place at the WWE Performance Center in a two-night event and um, moving uh, obviously from Tampa to Orlando. So, you know, initially hearing that information, uh, when I said two nights as well, too, it will be April 4th and April 5th, uh, 7 p.m. on the WWE Network and available on pay-per-view. Um, and also, too, there's been kind of rumors about it being in two different locations as well, but that has not been confirmed. And this also will be hosted by Rob Gronkowski, uh, ex-Patriots uh, tight end. Uh, but initially hearing the thoughts, guys, what, what was your initial thoughts? And I will throw this over to Will first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a little surprised, but here's the thing. The moment you hear it, you're kind of like two nights of WrestleMania. And then you start thinking about the entire scenario of what we have going on right now. And it makes so much more sense in the bigger picture. My assumption is this. The number one reason I see them doing this is because of the whole ban on crowds of 10 or even 50 people in one location at a given time. So if you spread it out amongst two nights, you don't have to have as many people there. And if the rumors are true, that is not just going to be at the performance center. There's going to be some on location stuff happening throughout the two nights. That makes it even easier to spread everybody out, keep everybody safe. And if that's the whole idea, that's why they're doing two nights in my mind. So I would actually like to see it done in multiple locations, not necessarily over two nights, but if they since they've canceled takeover, mm-hmm. they can include some of those matches that would have happened. Um, you know, if they were to include some of the other NXT UK and stuff, you know, it's big enough. And if they're gonna do two nights, then fine. They can totally do a WrestleMania three uh situation where they have it in more than a few places at once. And that way depending on where the talent is, they can choose which area they want to go to. You know, do you want to go to Phoenix or do you want to go to Orlando? Do you want to go to Vegas or do you want to go to Charlotte or wherever these places are? So uh, obviously keeping people apart and making travel easier as travel is getting tougher, especially throwing the air right now, it makes sense. I don't, I don't understand what the fuss is about. Yeah, actually, because we kind of talked about it a little bit when we talked about New Japan and mm-hmm. we wasn't thinking of it as this concept 
But we say, could WWE adopt this method where you have multiple shows or multiple parts of your big show? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to lay out for WWE's taste. But we already seen it done in some type of way that we can expect that it'll be at least similar to that what New Japan did or a little bit better since WWE has more resources of more areas, more buildings to do in this general area. I guess the next question would be if they're going to do this multiple region, multiple satellite locations, how many places would you prefer they do? Because, you know, we've heard rumors of two two locations, maybe three. How much is too much to kind of get everyone on the card? I know we talked earlier offline about the Battle Royals being canceled. Uh, so now does a lot of more, does more talent feel the pinch or do you go with your main core roster? Because that's another problem is that there's mm-hmm. people going to be missing a WrestleMania payday. Yeah, and yep. that's a big thing for a lot of talent. Now, are they going to want to volunteer to do a one-off in some shack in Nebraska, if that's somewhere that you know WWE wants to take <laughs> it to? Or are they going to want to do something where it's a ladder match for the sake of having a WrestleMania ladder match? So... Yeah, we're going to have a lot of empty arenas. We're going to have some fun with the Rob Gronkowski thing. As a sports guy, there's nothing for me. I've never really liked the dude because I'm a New York Giants fan. But aside from that, I don't know if he's articulate enough to be a host. That's just me. But it's a wow factor. But how many places is too many places to be holding all these events at? I'll throw it out to the group. Well, yeah, I, I thought I, I'll answer that one question about him being articulate uh, enough to uh, to be a host. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but not too long ago, New Year's Eve, he was the host of that, or at least had a, a segment in it. Yeah, he was part was, of that show. It was a segment, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. P- pretty cringy. But I, you know, it's kind of <laughs> odd to me that speaking of sports, and I'm gonna just throw it back to you guys that he did end up signing his WWE contract around this time, which came synonymous with Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. I wonder if he had already knew about that happening, which made him go forth with making that deal. That domino effect tends well, He was to already retired, so it wouldn't have been. No, yeah. no, he was ready to come back last year. He said he was ready to go by the end of the season. So. Well, he said his CTE was cured too, but that's beside the point, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was all time. I I, I'm, not, no I'm not fond of him being a host at all. I, that does nothing for, for me at all. Just on that note, but but yeah. but as far as the, the numerous locations too, I can see it being that like um, the, a Buccaneers training facility for one. I mean, I'm pretty sure since they had the stadium claim that they probably had rights to one of their annexes or something of that sort to a, a smaller size venue for the world. So maybe like a, a practice, a practice facility or something like that, mm-hmm. and then the other one still being at the performance center or even at full sale still. Who knows? You know. So. Um, you know, the, the, the big thing to think about here is that hey, I've seen people talk about, well, maybe they'll do something in Florida and they do something in like another a city. But at the same time, you got to remember travel, you know, with most of the talent being stationed in that uh, Orlando area, um, the travel convenience is definitely a, a big plus for making sure making sure that mm-hmm. the shows happen. So you definitely want to having to put a couple of people in production on the plane and whatever it may be, or even traveling longer than they need to, especially with everything going on. So I, I, I'd see it really remotely close. So I'll say like Orlando, Tampa, St. Petersburg areas, they're going to do multiple locations. If you have multiple locations, the upside to me is at least it changes the aesthetic look of the show. As we've mm-hmm. seen now with these couple episodes of Raw and SmackDown and NXT with the Performance Center setup, it's just such a sterile 
kind of dull <laughs> setup to look up for a long period of time. Now, maybe they change that up for WrestleMania, but even if they don't, if you at least have this, now we're going, like you said, to the Tampa Bay uh, training facility. Now we're going to a parking lot somewhere. Now we're going to down at the beach somewhere for this is at least that will create some kind of different environment for these shows. Another question I have is just how long are these two nights going to be? We're used to the marathon crazy WrestleManias and given, given this situation, I don't think it should be that. I think it should absolutely just be a scenario of what we've already come up with, what we've already advertised, the matches that we've been promoting, cut your losses there, do those matches and don't keep trying to pile everyone onto this show. Even if it is two nights, if it's maybe two and a half, three hours each night, that I, I think that's plenty. I don't think you need to go overboard on this and try to make a four or five hour show each night. We went through that with Wrestle Kingdom and hell, we all said by the end of Wrestle Kingdom, we didn't need to be watching 10 hours of wrestling that weekend. (laughs) So I would say, especially under these circumstances, dial it down. Just do the matches you already have in the, in the can. Don't worry about getting everyone on this show. I think the biggest thing question. Oh, go go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Okay. Um, I think the biggest thing is going to be logistically, where are people? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people do live in Florida, and that's fine, mm-hmm. but Oscar lives in Vegas. Uh, Xavier Woods, even though he's injured, he lives in Atlanta. Kofi lives in Austin, Texas. Um, you know, these That's not close. So obviously, they need to decide, you know, how have they... Um, where are people? And have people been in Orlando, the Orlando, Tampa area, Central Florida, since Raw last week, since SmackDown last Friday? Have they just said, no, we're just going to buy a Marriott and put our people in there that don't live in the area? Uh, the second thing is, if they do have it in small set, closed locations, uh, there are a bunch of event spaces that can more than accommodate. Mm-hmm. They could have it at the convention center here. It's a massive mm-hmm. space to do and stage whatever they want to stage. And I think that's the biggest thing about uh, the difference between AEW and the Raw and SmackDown is that how WWE, other than all the lasers, really didn't put any effort into dressing the show up. And we'll talk about the AEW effect later, but the idea is that this is WrestleMania, and part of WrestleMania is the stage. It is the set. It is you know, the the ring and the entrances and the fireworks and all that stuff, along with Roman Reigns being booed out of the building. All of these things come together. And I yeah. think that if they did it in Vegas, which has a ton of event space, or if they did it in Chicago, which has a ton of event space, and Florida, I think that could work if people could get there. Um, but But obviously these matches are booked between two people. So... AJ Styles versus uh, The Undertaker is going to happen. Are they both in Florida? Are they one in Connecticut and one in Los Angeles? Uh, that's going to be the toughest part is moving around those pieces. But as far as the show length, I think it should be four hours apiece. Um, a one-hour pre-show, the matches, and it's not like they can't go longer, maybe except The Undertaker. You know, so who says that we have to have 25-minute matches? Oof. Yeah. We can have five 20-minute matches and uh, over the course of an hour and then throw it to Gronk and Mojo for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the energy from that when you said it. I, I know you can't wait for it. 
Mojo yes. has never been more valuable right now. It's the whole damn reason he it's the whole reason that guy was hired. <laughs> but let me ask this question though. Let me ask this question though. With the timing part, now if WWE takes advantage of going to different locations, do we see anything that's pre-recorded and edited to make that production seem better? So Think about this. A long time ago, we had the Brian Pillman, Steve Austin thing that everybody knows what that was famous for. Mm-hmm. So if you have an off-site location and it's WrestleMania, if you do a pre-recorded where you can have perfect edits and the mm-hmm. match that I'm thinking about that can be glorified with this is Edge and Randy Orton. You can take this to be so personable, you know, based on how they build in this to make it a false count anywhere Maybe it's somebody's house. Maybe that offset location where you can do this to make it very appealing to make it a great match. Do you think they'll take advantage of that? You, you know what? You got you got the right idea because all we need again is a Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton segment mm-hmm. again. And the, the uh, what was what was the house called again? Uh, um, the house of horrors. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the Sister Abigail being burnt. That, that's what you want to sell us, right? You want that all yep. over again? It, it, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it could be even more intensified because if you have somebody with so much history with those two, so much story can be told in the thirty-minute pre taped with edits and everything match where you can get everything that you want to make it realistic to have some sharp angle cuts of angle views that you have from Mm -hmm. the camera whatever you want to do you can take advantage of that for this type of show and that could be your cliffhanger going to the next night if you set it up in the right way i see it's not that they can't it's just that they won't because they're lazy and then that's what it is i mean as we've seen history has shown us before with the House of Horrors match or, you know, goofy stuff with, like, the Boogeyman or the Backlot Brawl for WrestleMania 12, um, you know, they really haven't put a lot of effort into actual storytelling. And obviously, in WWF, they've done some remarkable television things, um, you know, being one of the first programs in high definition to go live and being, uh, you know, the LED everything. You know, a lot of these other uh, sports revenues especially the NFL, have just bit off the WWE for years. Now with the opportunity to press the envelope forward in the more creative ways that we have seen, we're not seeing that. And if Raw and SmackDown and NXT, by God, are any indication of what they have going forward, I don't understand. I, I don't have any faith in their ability to make you know lemonade from lemons. Mm. Even if they have, the, even if they invented the recipe, they still messing up the lemonade. I'm also really looking forward to one of those 3D big dog images floating at oh, the performance no. center. Like, yeah, I, I need mean, really like see. a giant floating Undertaker urn. You know, <laughs> what are you talking about? They're gonna have the, the NXT talent dress up like like the props. Like someone's gonna be in a dog costume. Someone's gonna be like two two halves of the horse. You know, walking down the ringside. Oh no. Let me let me let me ask a quick question so we can uh, switch over uh, to the next topic. So again, last week we kind of talked about how we thought this was going to happen. We we talked about it either going forward or ultimately being postponed, if, when, and should. Obviously, they're going forward. A lot has came came out. I really don't know if this has been confirmed or not, but obviously it's got to be speculation since it's dealing with finances. But um, what I what I've been reading is is that you know they went forward with this is because of insurance and mm-hmm. as far as far as the insurance language in this that you know WWE is tasked to mitigate the damages of having to postpone slash cancel this event. Uh, with with that being said, like 
if the city of Tampa then does decide to declare a state of emergency, then um, WWE should be able to uh, collect uh, damages from this. But, you know, I think, honestly, when we talk about a couple of weeks ago, what was one of the biggest things we were covering, and that's the rights of pay-per-views being sold. If this man would have made that deal about a month ago, could you imagine how lucrative this pay-per-view would have been? Because mm. he could have put any price tag on it you want and would have came out in the green easily. Easily. Depending on how the, 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 the method was done. If it's one of those ESPN, UFC Plus type of deals, or if it's yep. just a straight, like, um, you know, to another party, or whether it be, like I said, yeah, we, we talked about Yahoo Sports, we talked about all those other things that could have been contenders for this. But could you imagine if he had made that deal then, how crazy this would have been right now, considering that this easily, talking about WrestleMania, regardless of circumstances, still could easily collect the $60, $70 tier price uh, for the pay-per-view, and people would have bought it. Nobody they could plan all they want, but they would have bought it. But you know, look, looking in retrospect to this now, moving forward with this, like it's 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 still being rumored that they might still have a WrestleMania in New York at the Madison Square Garden later on. No, 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 no. If you do this, that's it. Too hot, too hot, yeah. too hot there. Yeah. So, all right. But anyway, let's talk about uh, now. This is uh, this is probably going to be our, our few little things for the rest of the night, and that will be in regards to everything with the Wednesday Night War. We're not talking about ratings um, and all the statistics and stuff like that. We're talking about everything that's happened between AEW and NXT as far as how they had production differences, their their method, and, you know, working a show without a crowd, and uh, some of the things that came out of these two shows. So the first thing I definitely want to talk about is AEW. Um, and I'll just, I'll just quickly say that AEW absolutely blew it out the water this week. I, they did. I, I don't know what it was per se, and maybe once we talk about this enough, it will come to me. It just overall felt like the show that I've been wanting this entire time. It was just, it, it was so well paced that I didn't even realize. Because I again, I had to watch it again today. I didn't even realize that I had damn near watched two hours of, of a show. Mm-hmm. Legitimately feeling like I only watched set there for about thirty minutes. Time had it was just clicking, mm-hmm. but it, it was just mm-hmm. so well done. But anyway, before we get to that, um, yeah, AW did have some new faces show up. Uh, Brody Lee, formerly known as Luke Harper, uh, is now announced as the uh, exalted one. Broken Matt Hardy has appeared, and then um, Lance Archer, which I don't know if he appeared last week, but this he is the did. first time I. He's okay, been there a few okay. weeks. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I'm caught. I haven't been uh, caught up. But anyway, yeah, a lot next to Jake the Snake, um, which I think is an amazing fit in his own right there. But overall, with the new signings, real quick, I'm just going to throw it to you guys, and we can kind of discuss those a little bit. Do you like how the pieces of the puzzle was laid out here, as far as these AEW um, uh, new faces showing up? And the reason why I'm saying new faces and not new signees because I got my speculation about one of these guys, but we, we won't talk about it yet. But um, I'll, and I'll and I'll throw this over to Damian first. Your thoughts on these new faces that's showing up this week? Not to sound grumpy, but <laughs> this smells of TNA redone. Uh huh. That's the vibe I got 
last night watching and again there was no crowd and and i'm just thinking if there would have been a pop there was a pop in the impact zone when these people probably debuted when booker t back in the day or ddp yep. or raven or rvd or christian kurt angle you know, kurt angle wwe retreads that popped up in the action zone it was like oh my god so i'm supposed to get amped up seeing you know woken or broken or token match <laughs> show up in the rafters like you sting. It is token now. Should be token. It's token now. I like it. <laughs> Count it, David. You know, he's up in the, in the rafters like he's sting, and I'm thinking, and, you know, the Brody Lee thing, we kind of put three and three together and got six because of where it was originally supposed to air in Rochester, which is his hometown. So we kind of figured it was going to be him. Yeah. Uh, a, a point that Will brought up, I, I think Will might have brought this up last night, is they saved Matt Hardy from being the exalted one because of the Dark Order stink mm-hmm. on Matt Hardy. Honestly, I think Brody Lee is the better the better signing of the two. I mean, Lance Archer's good, don't get me wrong, and I think pairing up with Jake the Snake Roberts in the weird backyard juggalo wrestling promotion that he was beating people up at yesterday which was interesting uh but aside from from lance archer being paired with jake Brody lee is the 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 bigger attraction for me because you had nowhere else to put matt hardy except with the bucks because of their history before the hardy boys re-signed with wwe when they were working ring of honor shows do i does it make me want to tune in more no does it marginalize people like darby allen a little bit Yes, because now we're kind of going back to the WWE reject well and hoping that keeps people entertained because they're now revamped. They're not held back by creative. They're their own, you know, man and woman now. I'm curious to see what happens, but it doesn't move the needle for me. Yep. I had a lot of the same feeling and a lot of the same sentiment, especially this morning after I had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. The TNA comparison is what really jumped out at me because you immediately have Brody Lee and Matt Hardy show up and they're immediately put in these prime top featured positions from the jump. To me, it's no different than Scott Hall and Kevin Nash showing up over the hill and immediately being main eventers there in Elvis jumpsuits. That doesn't so much apply to Bro- that doesn't so much apply to Brody Lee, but Matt Hardy, it is what it is. Matt Hardy brings the name value. He has that, and that's absolutely why I can see them putting in the main events. But if I'm someone, like you said, Darby, if I'm the Jurassic Express, mm-hmm. if I'm Joey Janela, who's already expressed frustration there, if I'm, heck, let's even take it to the last WWE, ex-WWE flavor of the month in uh, the 10 guy. Sean Spears. Bring, exactly. <laughs> he, he ain't exactly in a high position right now. And so if I'm one of those guys who's either a homegrown talent or have been there a while, I'm looking now and I'm like, okay, is this going to become a trend? The Revival's rumored to be coming next. If they show up, does the trend continue? Is the trend become that it's TNA all over again, where if you have a WWE pedigree, you automatically jump the line? That's what I'm mm. concerned about going forward yeah i disagree uh wholeheartedly disagree and the reason why is because it's no different than in any other sport when you see that player who has raw talent or raw ability in a bad system Mm -hmm. and you know that once he hits free agency 
and gets to that right team and that right system under that right coach or coaches, that's when that full potential gets unlocked and hopefully that person will have a breakout year. I think that's kind of what the world has been waiting for with Matt Hardy. If every if you had the genius of Matt Hardy in TNA with the money of WWE, it should have hit on all cylinders. It didn't. So now we have the Matt Hardy's creative control with the money of AEW. So hopefully that will be the thing that we've been waiting for since he left TNA. Um, as far as Brody Lee coming, uh, it, you could argue that, well, well, he's just a B-plus player and he's just this mid-card guy. And well, I don't know why he's just to jump the line. But the first thing he says out the gate is to Christopher Daniels, you're not the only, you're not the first old man to not believe in me, but you'll be the last. So it's obvious that he's more to his character than just this, you know, mouth breather from the bayou uh, that he was only portrayed as. He gets to actually unlock other potentials of his character that we have not seen yet. And if you think that Brody Lee is just a guy in a dirty wife beater that can hit hard, <laughs> that's one aspect of it. There's so much more that we only saw in the indie scene up in Buffalo. And now WWE suppressed that. And now he gets to come out and cut a promo off the break. That's something that we haven't seen from Brody Lee as Luke Harper ever. At yeah, all, I'll, about, I don't even remember his at voice all. at this point. <laughs> right. So one, one other thing about the suppression of other current rising talent, I think that actually adds to it. Because now we have, what if we get Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen? What if we get Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels? I mean, these matches, I believe, have already happened somewhere in the world. But the idea is that it, it absolutely gives you a different set of colors to paint with. It's not mm-hmm. just the same, well, you need to be the next John Cena or Roman Reigns, who are all just the next Hulk Hogan. You know, it's, it's it, I think, do believe because they're playing with a different crayon box, not necessarily a bigger one, but a different crayon box, you're able to see what guys can do and and hopefully do it better, or at least their vision. And I think that's one thing that AEW has done is given wrestlers an opportunity to present their vision. Hardy won't be around for, around for much longer. And we're not going to see the same Brody Lee that was Luke Harper. He's a different guy now. So I don't think that we're exactly starting from uh, mid-TNA where they're just bringing old WWE stick to AEW. I do believe that these are people at the same, at the fact that the, before we saw Matt Hardy, we saw Vanguard 1 and they referenced it. And actually, uh, at 9 o'clock Eastern, uh, the Matt Hardy Free the Delete thing hit his YouTube channel after Brody Lee was announced as the Exalted One. So when so they've been kind of gaming the system, playing everybody, saying that, no, it's Matt Hardy. No, it's Brody Lee. Oh, my God, Raven was in the crowd. Who is the Exalted <laughs> One? And then that's the thing that they've been doing. And then Brody Lee comes out, Matt Hardy's latest episode comes out, and then there's Vanguard One which ties into Vanguard One showing up on Dynamite. I think the whole damn thing is uh, borderline genius, and it's honestly really refreshing to see just storytelling convalescing over many different platforms in real time. That's something WWE hasn't done in years. Uh And just to add to that, and even though I 
understand from Will and Damien's perspective, I agree with Jamal wholeheartedly. And I'll give you one example. Even though, and this is kind of a transcending into a new topic, maybe. So if I'm jumping ahead a little bit, I apologize. But just to give a perfect example of last night, where even though you're bringing in these outside talent or these WWE rejects, you know, if you want to put the quotes in front of it, uh, AEW did something last night that shocked me with their presentation, but it was well, so I think, simple. Yeah, I definitely think you're jumping ahead of all, the whole next topic. <laughs> right, right. So if, if you want me to, I'll stop, but I'll transcend yeah, using I'll, Jamal's I'll, example. I'll and go to my, my last thing, just to just to talk about the new faces that's showing up, is that yeah. So I, I, I do a hundred percent agree with Jamal on here as far as getting fans invested over numerous platforms. We do know that the Bucks' success on YouTube is second to none. So good that everybody else was like, I need a piece of that pie. Cody, NWA, even Matt Hardy and them say like, we know the success is storytelling on YouTube. And it pays great dividends. Thus, eight all elite wrestling's here. <laughs> so, but um, I, so I absolutely love that. What I really think interesting about Matt Hardy is what I was going to say is that you know some people was thinking his gimmick needs to be kind of work with the crowd, which I, I I don't totally agree. But whatever it may be, I don't think there was no reason for this to have waited any longer. And the way they did it and executed it was just I thought was genius as well too with um, all the storylines of everything all coming full circle till it happening the way it did. Plus, Matt Hardy, as much as Jamal said too, has been very, he's been very, uh, very vivid about the fact that he wants creative control. I don't think he was waiting around for anybody to, 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 to scope, you know, what he, what they want him to do. I think him being next to the Bucks, somebody who understands the genius of what he wants to do, how powerful YouTube can be, and 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 the guy's a genius as far as the, the character, the, the revamping of the character, and hell, keeping Hootie and them on his back for, what, a year or so? Mm-hmm. They knew this had to have happened the way it is. And by the way, if anybody does not know who I'm talking about with Hootie, Hootie is also the MVP of this whole thing because with Hootie dropping out of that lawsuit with WWE not too long ago of the broken gimmick, thus we have the broken gimmick now in the AEW, and the Hardys have full control over it, so... Uh, shout out to TNA, I mean, Impact and Global Force Wrestling and Hootie and Anthem and Hootie and the boys for, uh, you know, doing something good here. Uh, but, but I, th- to be honest, just to my point, and uh, we'll move to the next thing, I legit don't think Matt Hardy's going to stick around AEW long. Give him his shirt, make whatever money he can make off of that. Um, the broken gimmick is fully his, as we know, and his wife has been very, uh, very uh, <laughs> expressive about. Um, um, but I think he's going to go back to doing what he did before, and that's sprinkling seeds in every promotion that he can. Uh, just like much of his YouTube video, he named every promotion that was available. He was very grateful for his time in WWE because he probably ultimately knows that's where he's going to end up somewhere making money behind the scenes somewhere. But I think that this stint of what he's going to do in AEW is going to be magical and it's just going to cash checks for his next moves to come. So I I do think this is why he's next to the elite and not in this long tenured storyline with um with the uh I might say the inner circle. Um <laughs> Can't think of the name of it. As him not being an exalted one, because I think that's the more permanent fit, and it wouldn't have made sense for him, considering that 
I don't see this man sticking around no longer, at, at least the whole year. I, we'll see him in Impact. We'll see him probably in ROH. We definitely will see him in NWA. I think that just absolutely has to happen. So, and then uh, we'll see what happens after that. So that's why I think that that's why they ended up aligning him next to the Elite instead of the being uh, the Exalted War. Uh, but anyway, again, let's talk about the Wednesday Night War again more as Marcellus wanted to get uh, ahead of us. And that's as far as what each show did this week as far as working with no crowds. And they absolutely took two different approaches. Um, and Marcellus, you may go forth now with your uh, your uh, <laughs> likes of AEW <laughs> this week. <laughs> Appreciate it. Now, now, once again, making connection back to what Jamal was saying, this is the reason why when you bring in Brody Lee and Matt Hardy, it doesn't really matter if the talent that's quote-unquote at the bottom or homegrown with AEW, they won't get lost in the shuffle because you do what AEW did last night. I didn't even think about it, but it was so effective. If you know you have talent that's on your roster that's not going to be wrestling, put them in the crowd to make it Mm -hmm. seem like they're fans for that show. Mm -hmm. And it was perfect. When you think about Sean Spears and MJF when they was doing the little gambling shit, (laughs) I was like, that was entertaining. Like, literally, it caught me off guard, but that was entertaining. And the focus that them coming back and forth all night where they actually were cheering, they actually were acting like they were fans, it almost felt like, and I literally forgot when I was watching, that it was no fans in the crowd. Because also what AEW did was shifted their camera view so the crowd wasn't really seen like mm-hmm. they do at the Performance Center. But it was kind of focused on that front row, which you normally do at a WWE production in general. You normally focus on that front row because that's where your most intense fan action will be. So it was very interesting to see that. And the wrestlers were bringing that energy. And then even when you had Sammy Guevara picked up when fans, when Jericho's you know theme comes on, the whole fan crowd sings that theme. And what did he do? He got a mic and he sung that theme. And it was very entertaining because it showed what these talent can do, like not just in the ring, but they're building their charisma on the microphone. They're building their charisma as actors and actresses. You're taking that opportunity to build them more. So when you think about Matt Hardy or even Brody Lee coming in, I'm not going to forget about Sammy Guevara. I'm not going to forget about MJF because they already put their work in entertaining me, you know, with no crowd or no fans in the so I thought that was very well done. Such a simple method to do, but was very, very effective. Yeah, they definitely had a more pleasing, interactive uh, approach on AEW compared to what we saw on Raw and SmackDown. The empty performance center setup is just so sterile, Mm -hmm. so lifeless. And the biggest differences that AEW was able to break that up with was, like you said, put some wrestlers in the crowd just to be heck just trash talking people just creating some ambiance creating some atmosphere what the wrestlers in the crowd reminded me of the most it reminded me of on the ultimate fighter when they would have the fights on there on the closed set and the only people there are the two fight camps so you have about five six guys on each side of the cage and they're just cheering for the guy but it's at least there's some energy there there's some like immediacy it creates some atmosphere and that's totally what it reminded me of it's like the those aren't the most exciting fights, but when you've come in from the WWE version where no one was there at all, it made a world of difference. The other big aesthetic thing I think they really nailed was putting the hard camera 
to where it was facing the entrance way. So whenever yep. you had that hard camera shot, you weren't hit over the head with all the empty seats that are on the other side of the ring. You had the colorful entrance way as like the yep. main background you were seeing most of the night. Just those two things, adding the fans and having the entrance way as the main background, I think made a ton of difference. And God, if I'm WWE, I don't care if people say I'm copying homework. I don't you care what do they say about it. Cause Friday, you got to make that change and do it different. Cause heck all these shows in the end, they don't matter anyway. This is extenuating circumstances. It is what it is. Just give us the best possible thing you can do and make a couple tweaks, put some guys in the crowd, trash talk, shoot the hard camera at the entrance way and, and just do it to help the show, please. Yep. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that AEW uh, did was that they actually dressed the room. Um, Daly's place is a lot bigger, as we've seen at Fighter Fest, than mm -hmm. what this episode of Dynamite will let you believe. And that's because they cut off a lot of the sight lines. They moved, they actually moved the entrance to the middle of the stage instead of off to the side, which is where they had it for Fighter Fest. Um, they had the giant uh, black drapes. Uh, to make this thing feel more intimate. And they also lit it well, where the only thing that you saw, aside from the uh, backlit uh, stage, was the ring. There were no other lights, and there were lights on the uh, commentary table. So it really gave it a, a really smaller, intimate feel, even though we knew that it was empty. Um, the one thing that WWE should do, and I think they should do this for WrestleMania, wherever they have it, is actually build a set. If it's a pirate-themed WrestleMania, then literally build a tropical island or literally build Bermuda in 1785 or a saloon or you know a boat or whatever the case is. If, because if you're not going to have the crowd, replace the crowd with ambiance. And I think that even though um, they didn't have a crowd last night, they still, still played into it. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade lost because MJF distracted them. Um which is a thing that probably wouldn't have happened on the regular show. Uh, yeah, I don't know where Sean Spears got that chicken from. These are the questions that now we have to answer. And I think the <laughs> WWE, with their money, with their talent, can definitely build more ambiance. And I think that that's the difference. You know, if you really want to do it, they can green screen the whole damn thing and, and, and set it in, on an actual pirate ship. I mean, it, you can you can do that. If the Avengers can make all of that shit look real, WWE can put a wrestling ring on a boat virtually. Um, don't give them ideas, do it. man. No, I'm saying, but, but that's what they have to do now. Yeah. It's, it's a better option than what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And, and instead of shooting, you know, or having Triple H host a highlight show with Tom Phillips or, you know, which... I guess, or, or do Raw or SmackDown, and you just overlay that with three hours, and they can still overlay that with the history stuff. This is your um, match of historical match of the night. We're going to show you a 20-minute match from a great pay-per-view. Um, if you've never heard of seen Edge before because you're too young, we're going to show you the TLC match from WrestleMania 2000. They can still put that into Raw and kill 25 minutes, but this show still must go on. The biggest thing, and I'll, I'll close with this, the biggest thing that AEW did was the subtle pivot in tone from we're here to entertain you, so let us entertain you, and this is what Cody Rhodes said to open the show, yep. to transition it into actual story. So he went from this isn't the show that we want to do, but here we are, 
And under these circumstances, I need to, I need my best at my side. And then he turned that, pivoted that into a rallying cry for the elite as they go into the blood and guts match uh, next week, hopefully, uh, God willing, uh, you know, on the show. And I thought that that was a subtle thing because initially we know why we're here. He addressed the elephant in the room and then he transitioned out of that and never mentioned it again because the show, it was all about the show at that point. And I thought that was a stroke of brilliance. Yeah, you, you definitely cover uh, my my points for AEW. The monologue by Cody in the beginning was amazing. Um, having a roster in the crowd was an amazing idea. I thought the vignettes was good. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard at the very end, uh, the camera guy counting off the TV time really, really loud. If you watch the YouTube replay, you don't hear it. But if you watch the original uh, the original. A stream on uh, TNT, <laughs> but I mean, regardless, we hear it or not, they they nailed it. They they did. They, you would think they've done this before, as just everything about it um, just was just so fluent, which is so alarming to me because it's like, like you think we we all got this idea of like Triple H being the savior of WWE, and if he had weeks to see you know Vince or whoever doing both Raw and SmackDown each week and NXT one week and, you know, enough sample dose to see how the crowd and the internet and everything's responded to it. It's really alarming to me that he did go with the same method that these other shows use. You know, have these guys come out, run a, run a, a, a match. And like Jamal said, it felt like a recap show that just really went too long. But I'm, uh, what I want to do really quick before I actually kind of going down that, that path kind of negative what did you guys like about AEW's uh, presentation and or what would some, be some things that you would tweet or hopefully that they'll bounce back with for next week? Because that so, recap was something else. So I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, big shout out to Antoine Keels in the live comment chat for chiming in. Thank you for joining us. But I did enjoy putting wrestlers in the crowd because for me, it gave me an independent wrestling feel where if it's a real light crowd, people who have worked earlier in the night will sit in the audience and they will boo and hiss and cheer just like their fans. So if you're familiar with independent wrestling, you kind of look at that as an homage to say, okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, the thought of those two guys gambling, even though they quote unquote weren't gambling was, was pretty good. <laughs> um, Jamal's right. Where did he get the chicken from? I need that answer because if everything's quarantined, where'd you get the chicken? Uh, honestly, what they need to fix or tweak, I didn't have any problems with last night's show. I rewatched it this morning. It was still fresh for me. It wasn't too cheesy or corny. I think WWE, what they have to fix beside crowd is just energy, something. They yep. need to have, yep. Yep. make it a Byron Saxton show. I don't care. Show him getting kicked in the balls about 20 times. I don't know. Just energy and not, what was the word, sterile, which given the current circumstance of the word, I, yeah. world, I think that's pretty appropriate. Uh, I'm curious to see what the blood and guts match is going to look like with all the health mandates mm -hmm. going going out. You know, you can't have more than 10 people at one time, and or some places are no more than five people at one time. I think it's safe to say that no one's caring about that limit. <laughs> no, no, okay. So, well, people so are all, that's, not, that's not law. Let, let, let's, be, let's be clear on that. So that is Suggested a guideline from the CDC. Uh, you know, so that is not law in okay. Jacksonville, Florida. Um, however... It is recommended that you don't do that. Now, 
well, AEW has a wellness policy. Uh, they definitely have doctors and EMT on site. So though it is not recommended, it is a closed set. And I'm going to assume that people who were there were there and tested and, and checked out. Um, yeah. We, we got to assume that because why in the hell would all of the talent be allowed to be around the ring so close to each other? Right. Um, and then, of course, work any match. It doesn't matter how many people there are if you're working an actual wrestling match. I mean, that's that's as close as you're going to get. And as we've seen with the NBA, um, as more players are coming undone, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's a wrestling match with a lot more physicality than in the, in the close contact than the NBA. Um, personnel, what should WWE do differently? Um, everything. And I really think that they should take this time, if they're going to use the Performance Center, make it not look like the Performance Center. Actually build a full set, a stage. Turn the Performance Center into a sound stage and build it for, for Monday Night Raw. And then tear that down on Wednesday and rebuild it for NXT. And then tear that down on Friday and rebuild it for Friday. You have the opportunity right now to create a literal 3D space for wrestlers to be in. The only difference is there's no crowd. So, so this is your soundstage. You are shooting a movie that just happens to be a wrestling show. And WWE <laughs> can do that because the Marines 9, you know, San Diego will be coming out on top. <laughs> So, so again, what did you guys like as far as their, their production this year, uh, this this week? Sorry. I think we said it. We like. Yeah, like, we literally said it. I, 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 I'm saying the rest of you guys. Everybody got your point. No, no, I'm good. I, I agree with both everything that everybody said on that part. I was trolling. I was trolling, guys. I wish I'd give myself to say something. He's been hot this whole time. He's just like, ah, oh, nope, nothing for me at all. <laughs> nah, I, I, yeah, again, it just, it, I don't know what it, what I was watching. I mean, it was good to see the recap. So, but again, like I put, put it in our, uh, we was talking online, so like a WWE Network special that was placed on TV. I mean, I guess, but no, because it, it you know, that's not what you're looking for when you talk about each week for um, NXT TV. I mean, just put it on the network for all that. They have people to catch up. And then, you know, talk about working, working cross, cross platforms. It's an opportunity they could have made with that as well there too. But, you know, here we are. I mean, I, I guess um, the question I have is where is the actual production? For WWE, like they have, they drive the trucks around the country, but where is the physical set for Raw, and why isn't that in Orlando being built in full sale or the or the Performance Center? That's a I mean, question. like seriously, like is, is there a reason why they didn't, uh, you know, put on an effort, you know, even with the ring with the LED post or something? Why did they just use what they had at the, at the Performance Center instead of building up a scaled down production for Raw? I, I don't know. Maybe they were just yeah. optimistic that this was going to brush over <laughs> quicker than they Who the hell <laughs> thought that? It's been going on since Christmas. And now all of a sudden people want to act like, oh, well, Corona here. So I guess we got to deal with it. Uh, I mean, and, the, and again, the, the, every time for everything they've been doing shows that. I mean, they've literally been the last major event to say that, hey, yeah. we are not canceling you know so Just up, up until monday wrestlemania was still happening at the right. stadium <laughs> yeah. right. 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 
very now, I do want to bring up a, a well, I do want to bring up a comment that Antoine put up again. Now I'm I'm knocking on wood. I hope this de- doesn't happen. But if one wrestler does test mm. positive, this is going to throw a whole loop on everything. It's going to be terrible oh, time totally. at nope. WWE, AEW. Not and WWE. I, I hope that doesn't nope. happen. Uh, Absolutely not. You don't think so? No. Not WWE. They literally you know, uh, peeled Owen Hart off the canvas and went to a commercial and then came back with a match. Right. Literally, my man died on air. So, like, well, that's, 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 that's true. That's, that's, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. And we talked about yeah. it in previous episodes about the time when there was that illness running ramp, rampant where Kurt Angle filled in for Roman Reigns and we didn't get the Sister Abigail versus Finn Balor match where they yeah. just said, okay, next person up. So Half the roster have viral meningitis. Right. So I can yeah, I know yeah, Vince is going to have a true. doc on hand saying test, test. And here's the even better question. Do they even tell you, do they make an announcement of certain people testing positive Hell if no. they test positive? No. 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 Yeah, they ain't going to want that publicity. <laughs> Coronavirus yeah, testing the whole pay- match. And apparently all they did this week since they've been at the Performance Center is they're just taking people's temperatures before they let them in the building. It's not like they got tests or nothing. Those things are locked down like hell. Yeah, that's all they're doing. I guess that's what they did at AEW, too. Now, notice last night on Dynamite, they were very careful about the way they worded things. At no point did they say blood and guts is next week. They said blood and guts is next time on AEW. So, so if something falls apart this yeah. week, and hey, we do gotta say this, they had more people there around that ring. So what if Jake Roberts suddenly, you know, comes up with a with a positive test? No, well, well, I mean, like, Rio was in that was in that uh, was in a match, so we must protect Rio at all costs. And her car We gotta remember this ain't just a WWE thing. This is an everybody thing. So I think AEW was very careful about being like, you know what? Some might we are we we're balancing a house of cards here. And if yeah. something falls apart this week, we might not be on next Wednesday. We might be doing our own best of show. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I mean, I, I guess my question is, so let, let's say that, you know, obviously a lot of talent weren't there. Um, I, I want to believe that the entire locker room was out and about in the crowd. And cause we, they showed Sunny kiss, they showed Cole Cabana. And I know that these guys had matches on dark. Um, now the real question is WrestleMania aside, and dynamite aside, do you just start taping matches? Let's say a month's worth of matches, and just shoot it. And can them? I see AEW doing that. Yeah, I see yes. AEW absolutely you, doing that. If you can, absolutely. Those dudes are content creators, so they already know what it is. And you know what? It's it's really odd. And if this ever is to happen, if somebody like Xavier Woods gets to be somewhat involved with creative with WWE in a bigger majority that it reflects what happens on television, he'll take that same scheme. Because I noticed today on Up, Up, Down, Down, how he talked about, he says, look, I don't care what you guys say about how you feel about each one of these shows. We already take six of these episodes uh, ahead, so it doesn't really matter. That's the philosophy you, you need to have when creating content. And in the case of an emergency, as a good contingency plan. And I would imagine that yep. the Bucks and them are already ahead of this, thinking like, all right, this is what we need to do. And 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 the heart I mean, hell, with the Hardy with the Hardys being involved now, 
I would not be surprised if they do some stuff at the compound just 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 because. And you know people will buy into it because hell, the matches at the Hardy's compound literally kept hooting them afloat for that year. So it works. We know it. <laughs> we really know it. So yeah, but a little simple question to you guys, and I, I think this is gonna be a no-brainer. I mean, again, we're talking about the Wednesday Night War. Who won this week? Is is it even a vote? It's not even close. <laughs> well, w- okay, so, WWE didn't even try a fight this week. Okay, here, no. Here's the thing. A better question is, um, it was the ratings were like 935 to 546. The, the real question I have is, how in the blue hell are half a million people still watching NXT? <laughs> All the people from Full Sail that can't get in there are telling their friends to watch it too. Optimism. Uh, right. Optimism, I guess. But yeah, they're going I mean, to because I, I get it. Everybody's watching the news right now. They need the news. The news is, uh, you know, I, I think AEW was like 20th or something like that in the key demographics because of everybody else is watching the news. But how are 550,000 people watching NXT? What are you looking at? <laughs> uh, I mean, you literally watched a pre show to a takeover that's not going to happen. <laughs> They needed yeah. Gargano Champa recap. <laughs> they needed that hour of that to, to relive all that fun. But so I, I, yeah. no, I don't get it. So yeah, speaking of news, really quick, and then we'll wrap the show up for tonight. And again, thank you everybody for tuning in to our first live show of 2020. Uh, this has definitely been fun, and you can expect to see this more often. Um, but and, and if you interact with us, you can uh, also have um, you can chat with us in either of the respective chat room, whether it be Periscope, whether it be YouTube, or on Facebook. Your comments display, we'll have it up there. Maybe you can uh, intertwine in our uh, weekly topic. So make sure you not only just listen, but interact with us. Um, um, but speaking of news, really, really quick, I heard something very funny today. Well, not funny, but it's, it's actually it's actually uh, not surprising when I think about it. But uh, DDP yoga sales went up 35% because of the yes. quarantine. Because everyone's trying to get their workout on. And Can't go to the gym. <laughs> yep, so my man DDP, 35% increase so- in sales because of this. There might be a small thing attributed to Simon Miller, who's been who might be a shill of DDP Yoga talking about it on his YouTube channel and on mm. what culture the last like week and a half talking about he loves yoga, he loves DDP Yoga. So there might have a little bit of connection to that too in the wrestling scope. Good point. Yeah, but Good I, point. Mean, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, but thirty five percent that's 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 more than just the wrestling community. Don't that's- people know there's free yoga on YouTube? You don't got to pay for it. <laughs> it got it. Look, then you don't feel the bang. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, Will, what you be doing uh, in your spare time? <laughs> Sounds like you might got the DDP yoga hanging out over there. I've never seen it. Nah. To try in real life, <laughs> I might be having you, like you said, with the gym clothes. I might be having to get some uh, DDP yoga downloads. Hook your, hook your boy up, Dallas. Come on. The state closed my my apartment gym while I was in it today. Uh-huh. They came with the signs and said, "Well, uh-uh. finish your workout, but then you gotta go." What? Oh, yeah. okay. And DDP I do yoga. DDP yoga. I like it. It's fine. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and DDP yoga also single handedly has Jake the Snake out here cutting the best promos of <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's got Hall shooting a shot with like random girls on Twitter, apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
But yeah, since we're back to doing live shows, that only means that we got to be back to doing our live interviews. So by all means, people, let us know in the comments, uh, whether you're listening to this live now on YouTube or you're going to be listening to us on iTunes or whatever your audio listening platforms, because we're on all of those, whether it be Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, that's it, Spotify, all that good stuff. We're everywhere. Uh, let us know because uh, we're definitely going to get back to our our MO, and that's definitely having at least one guest interview a month. And more importantly, which I've been thinking about, is that, you know, any uh, independent wrestlers with all of the independent promotions being, um, being um, you know, closed shop as of right now because of the coronavirus, um, it would be good to be able to get some people on here to hopefully get able to promote them, how they're handling doing this, and uh, spotlight some people. That way, um, our audience and fan base can get acclimated with whoever the guest is and, you know, be able to help support in any means they can because with WrestleMania... Um, the weekend and everything being shut down, uh, it's, it's truly hurts, you know, a lot of these people's big paydays for them. And, you know, you know, a lot of these people look forward to this, not just for, or maybe not even for the entertainment a- uh, aspect, strictly business. And, you know, with them being a hundred promotions, a hundred shows being ran that week, uh, that weekend, um, and not being able to get any of those bookings, um, you know, totally, uh, got to do what we can to try to help uh, uh, these independent contractors and promote and and wrestlers uh, be spotlighted so they can continue forward. Uh, but uh, is there anything else, uh, guys, we need to cover before we, we're done for today? Uh, no, I, I mean, personally, I think that um, Marriott, uh, just absolute scumbags, oh, and we can talk about that later as that story on, on uh, develops, but um, they basically aren't refunding WrestleCon for their, like, their stay at the uh, hotel to host the event. So that's that sucks. And um, wait, yeah, hold- there's more what? more information that's came out about that. But you know, if, if people want to listen to our conversation about that, go ahead, Jamal. You know how to finish that statement as long as what you gotta say. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, absolute scumbags. But yeah, I don't know about the newest uh, developments, but still, uh, rest in peace to the gray sweatpants uh, memorial battle royal. Uh, that was one event that I was certainly looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Faye Jackson is a visionary that we did had no clue about, and that was going to absolutely be. They have crime time going to be there. Literally crime time <laughs> and great sweatpants to be able to get them out of here. Get them on the so yeah, that's definitely uh, that's super important. I was definitely looking forward to that one as well too. Man, maybe we'll get Faye Jackson on the show. It's been a while since we've chatted with her. You know, I chat with her often every time I see her. But uh, also, there was supposed to be a, a yoga pants match also on the card. So you know, the men and the women were going to be represented equally on the show. So <laughs> a little disappointing. And I want to just talk about something Jamal brought up about making a boat for WWE for WrestleMania. Uh, I question actually before we go. How much cost cutting do you think Vince is going to go into because he's not going to get a lot of revenue out of WrestleMania? Mm, that's a good well, that point. De- that that's depends on point. if his insurance claim from uh, Tampa, the city of Tampa comes through. Yeah. Because right. if if he can't recoup his losses and he's supposed to be losing somewhere between 20 and 20, 25 and $30 million um, on this endeavor, 
if he can't recoup some of those losses in like insurance claims, then he'll probably just put a bunch of cardboard boxes in the background and call it WrestleMania. But if he can, then we'll see. Um, and obviously, since everybody's watching, I, this would probably be the perfect time to announce that WWE WrestleMania is going to be seventy-five ninety-nine on ESPN Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how how much is he kicking himself that that deal wasn't done all of like you know two three weeks ago before everything went sideways? Because I cannot see a big mega deal like that happening right now not in this yeah. climate no. self-quarantine after all this happened he was like oh he, he was sick i can't ooh, i can't and xfl cancel their season so <laughs> hard times baby hard times hard times <laughs> well anyway that will do it for this show tonight this has definitely been uh, a really fun one and it was definitely cool to get back to doing something live with you guys um you know, maybe we'll come back and do it next week. We all of us got a lot of free time, <laughs> but if not, if we're not, not dead. Yeah. Week, you know, each and every Thursday we will be recording um, our, our, our weekly episode, dropping um, dropping early uh, Friday morning for your all your listening purposes. And as I was trying to allude to earlier to Jamal, um, exclusive content is still on our Patreon page that keeps our lights on going. Um, obviously, our next topic has to be the whole wrestle. Um, the WrestleCon thing that's going on. So we we'll definitely will be happy to drop that very soon. So um, you can step over to our Patreon page. Actually, just step over to our website, big, biggoldbeltgroup.com. Step over mm-hmm. to the Donate tab. That gets you there. We have a Merch tab, News tab, all the tabs in the world are all up there. So definitely get up there and check us out. Uh, but for this week's episode, I think that'll do it. Uh, and again, uh, as you can see from the banners below, our... Um, our uh, sponsors by the Snack Society, Will and the Boys, and then uh, Damien and his show, because, you know, that's the thing. You got to make sure you plug it. And again, uh, the sports show on the YouTube channel, where you can check that out as well, too. But that'll do it for the week, and we will catch you guys next time.